And I don't know if we're in a phase or if this is a lifestyle we've chosen. We're out there. We're being sexy. We're getting Ooh. nuts out in the streets. Ooh. I've been making a joke that I don't know if it's a phase or a lifestyle. Like, I don't know if we need to like buy turquoise jewelry. <laughs> Like, I already own turquoise jewelry, but you're up, baby. Do we have to move to Tampa, Florida? No, that's not where it's happening. Like, are we like swingers? Like, what <laughs> is this? I don't even know what this is. Anyway, guys, welcome <laughs> to Who Cares? We've got a very exciting episode. People are having their own sexual revolutions, evolutions all over the planet. And some people are not. And if you're not, uh, that's fine. But maybe you want to read a cool book about it. <laughs> Maybe you want to read a cool book about it. Because today we have an author who wrote a cool book about it. And uh, she's such a good friend of mine. I've known her for years. And I was so excited that she wrote a fucking book. That's so cool. A smart and interesting woman who is on her own journey while also discussing or um, interviewing uh, pro-doms and... She wrote a book about it called Bow Down. Yeah, that's such a great title. That's a really, it's like my favorite part of Beyonce's homecoming. She goes, bow down. down. Yeah. <laughs> bow down, life lessons from dominatrixes on how to get what you want. Ooh, way to go. I think it's just lessons from dominatrixes for how to get what you want in life, maybe. Something like that. Anyway, it's Lindsay Goldwert. Please enjoy this interview. About Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? Who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> put on a bib. You're about to eat a banquet of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, put on your bibs. You're about to eat a real banquet of shit. Is that what you just said? Banquet of bullshit. I don't know if I, I got so. that right. correct. I've lost my mind. I'm at my filter. Uh, Lindsay, <laughs> it's so good to see you. Thank you for coming oh, all the way to Bushwick today. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. It's a Sunday afternoon, and you're giving it up your time for us, and you just met our dog, who is obsessed with your feet. She's a real perv she down is there. No shade. I mean, we like pervs here. Yeah. At the Who Cares podcast. Yeah. I so, just like that she's just, you know, she's expressing herself, you exactly. know. Exactly. But I feel like she's also obeying the rules of consent. If I say no, she will back off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very true. She's, you know, she just needs to, you know, to she get to get with the program, but she's doing it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Slowly but surely, our dog will understand consent <laughs> to the fullest extent. Yeah. This this <laughs> podcast is now just uh, kink for pets. <laughs> Dude, that's, uh, that's our new trademark. Topic. That. <laughs> yeah. um, it's coming uh, in more ways than one. Kink Ooh. for pets. Um, Where's my sound? My uh, apps with the noises. <laughs> Your sound effects. Yeah, my sound effects. He doesn't want me to use them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're so I'm so glad to see you. It's been it's been a while. Yes. Uh, I've known you for five years now. At least uh, we met in the in the bright lights of the open mic scene in New York City. Yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> bright lights, the dim lights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the one of just my favorite people. Oh. And you're you're on to such a cool project now. So I, I had to have you come in. Uh, so yeah, I hope that's cool to yeah okay. <gasps> well, that's cool that we brought you here to talk about the project you did yeah. no I'm, I'm i'm really honored um so yeah like uh you know i patrick and i met um 
when I was in my, my mid thirties, um, I, I well, so I did stand up comedy when I was in my very early twenties, and I, I did it um, kind of as an experiment for a graduate school journalism class. Oh, um, cool. I had to pick a beat, and the beat was live comedy because all I oh, wanted to cool. do was be a stand up comedian. Oh, but, cool. but I was too scared, so I'm like, oh, I'll go to journalism school and then take and then write articles about it. So I did it sort of as a joke and. You know, and I, I guess I was sort of funny and like 22 and super hot, you know, so yeah. I was getting asked on all, I was getting booked on all these bar shows and I was like, I didn't, I didn't take it seriously. And then I stopped. I lost my confidence once the class was over and I, I never went back and I always regretted it oh, years after years and years and years of, of regret. Um, and then in my mid thirties, I think when I was maybe like 34, um, I just decided that I, I, I needed to, to, to get back into it. I just, it was part of me. I just knew I'd regret it forever. And I just walked out the door of my apartment and started going to open mics, this like lady in her mid thirties and just, yeah. just jumped in. And the people that I met the very first year were the people that I've stayed friends with. Yeah. Cool. Who, who were the best people in my opinion and the funniest. Oh, that's well, I'm going to assume you're talking about me as one of those people. <laughs> uh, like a classic and narcissistic you know those people. Yeah. You know some yeah. of those great people. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, yeah, we, we shout outs to Tony Brooklyn and Ms. C and Mae Wilkerson. We were just talking about our little crew we had there for a while. They were, uh, Francesca was, Day, yeah. Josh Darsky. Uh, so many amazing, hilarious, uh, strange and odd. You love the strange and odd personalities. I think that when I started doing comedy, when I, you know, in earnest, I finally met people who were, who were more like myself. People that uh, weren't afraid to just admit all the things that were not like wrong with them, but just have no, you're just very open about the things yeah. that bothered them, open about the things that affected them, open about their struggles with mental illness, sobriety, commitments, like all yeah. these yeah. things that other people can't talk about. And I just found myself among friends and I felt very free for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, mm. Felt a very professional, on paper professional career. And I always felt, um, I, I always felt like I didn't really fit in, you know, yeah. and it wasn't until I started meeting all these other women and men, uh, that I felt at home and I was able to finally start to figure out who I was and, and stop having to hide the weirdness. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that is me. This is, yeah. you know, there's not two me's. This, this is just me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I, I, yeah, I remember when we met, you were writing, uh, freelance right like or probably did you work at a paper where what's your professional in a nutshell what's the professional kind of yes yeah, so I started off um the, the cliff notes I started off um working in women's magazines I was working I worked at uh, red book magazine yes. oh, yeah. I wrote sex tips for married ladies when I was 24 oh, love it. that's hilarious <laughs> just so you should know who was providing your mom's sex tips yeah. oh my god it was me I didn't know what I was talking about clearly um and uh, and I think I wrote like stress anti-stress reduction tips. It was ludicrous. Um, That's I, hilarious. And then I went to work at Glamour and, and I, then I realized women's magazines weren't really for me. I didn't really have the right attitude for it. Were these all it. Nast brands? Yeah, Condé Nast and Hearst. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of my friends at, at Glamour in those places because the women who work there are amazing, but I, I didn't fit in. Yeah. I didn't have the right attitude, you know. And then I ended up going into, uh, I went to go work at Court TV, oh. as a, as a, which I loved all the legal stuff, you yeah. know. Um, but I really didn't fit in in TV news either. I'm not really good in like high pressure situations. Um, and then I ended up, and then I, there were just so many layoffs. I ended up going to cbsnews.com where I worked the overnight shifts and I worked at abcnews.com where I worked wow. the 2008 election and the overnight shifts. And it was just, it was very grueling. And, 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 uh, and then I finally landed at the New York Daily News, which I really loved, but it was, um, 
it was just cascading layoff after cascading layoff. And, mm. and I started to feel like I was just kind of jumping jobs. I wasn't really growing in a job. And I stopped. Uh, and I had this moment um, when I was looking for other jobs, as we all were doing. And th they all said, uh, must be passionate about viral content. Mm. And I said, I remember like this, like it was, I said, I'm not passionate about viral content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the opposite. And then yeah. I, I decided to sort of leave the newsroom. And I, in my career, I sort of kind of freelance writing, doing various different kinds of things for work. Um, but I still am a freelance journalist um, yeah. when I can when I can do it. Well, that's such a and you're born and raised in New Yorker. Yes, I was born on Long Island. Uh -huh. um, and uh, and I also another thing that happened was I very strangely got through a stand up comedy connection. I ended up getting involved in a in start in, in finance financial education. Sorry, financial. Um, tech startups. Yes. Oh. So yes. I have a finance background. Okay. It's very strange. My yeah. career is definitely, once I took a leap, once you take, can take one leap when I left the Daily News because I needed to not care about viral content anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once you do one brave thing, a lot of interesting things start to happen sure. yeah. if you just yeah. have faith in yourself. Yeah. So, um, so I, that was one of them. I am constantly referring comics to your podcast, the Spent Con, uh, Podcast, the specific episode, Mark Norman, uh, him talking about how he makes the logical conclusion that every joke he writes is worth money yep. and it's money in the bank. Uh, that sometimes is my inspiration for sitting down and doing the hard work of mm. writing. Uh, and I loved hearing him talk about that. that. Uh, but I also, it also drove me a little insane listening <laughs> to him talk about his like, not using banks and just carrying cash and like <laughs> his, his relationship to cash. And then he was later burglarized as, I don't know if you ever heard this, but oh, no. a couple months ago on his <laughs> podcast, oh he shared on his podcast that he was burglarized and several thousand <clears throat> dollars of cash was taken. Um, so I, it just, as I was listening to him, I was like inspired, but also like, dude, like get your shit together. I think he does. Uh, I, sh I, I haven't talked to him in a little while. He came on, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to be bringing Spent back, which is my mm. other exciting news. You're oh, the, the first to know. So um, Mark also did me a solid and he came on um, another finance podcast I did for the startup I worked at called Stash. And he talked more about how um, he has a... a um, a finance manager who helps mm -hmm. him, you know, invest and do certain yeah. things. So I think he does, I think he keeps a lot of money. I shouldn't, I haven't talked to him in so long, but I, I, he probably keeps a lot of cash from all of his weekly stuff. Yeah, he probably just like yeah. keeps it on, on hand. And I yeah. guess, you know, yeah. but a lot of people keep cash or, you know, there was an older gentleman in my building who said to my husband before he went to the hospital, he's like, there's, there's thousands of dollars in my apartment. So you have to go find it before, <laughs> before the, everyone steals it. Before the tax man gets it. Or just before the police come, you know, mm -hmm. these yeah. older, no one is more suspicious than the elderly. Yeah. <laughs> and he just been squirreling away like bits of cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can, that, that, I understand that too, but it, I am sorry to hear that he was burglarized. That's, yeah, ter that's yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's horrible, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th that show, I, I listened to a few episodes of it. It's very pragmatic financial uh, yeah. advice and uh, I think that concepts. everyone, everyone can agree. You know, my, if I could think of something that I, my, the beat that I'm most interested in is, you know, not like taboo topics, but people, everyone thinks about sex and everyone thinks about money. And they're two things that make everybody very uncomfortable. And yeah, yep. it's the most essential yeah. thing that keeps us going mm -hmm. and, and monopolizes our time. So I always felt that talking to interesting people about money not just talking about money experts, I don't want to talk to money experts. Yep. I want to talk to regular people who can speak really frankly and candidly about, um, not just philosophies on money, but like, how do you make it? How do you save it? Like what, yep. what issues are like one of my favorite episodes, um, is the one uh, with Tiana Miller who talked mm -hmm. about, she's doing, I think doing much better now, but how she, how she handles 
money was she has um, with having MS and being mm-hmm. a disability. And that was really fascinating talking about how she pays her medical bills, her deductibles, mm-hmm. how she with her with the food stamps. And to me, that was a great story. And of course, it was funny because she's she's hilarious, very dark, mm. dark stuff. But uh, I thought that she because she gave numbers like, you know, it's like you show receipts, you know, you can yeah. say this is what it actually takes. And when people get very honest about money. I think people get very interested and excited when they yeah. talk about how much they owe, how long yeah. it took them to pay it back, like who screwed them over, what fine print they didn't read, you know, or like people. I learn more from failures than I do from victories. Mm-hmm. And if people can share their how I fucked up stories and everyone feels at the same level and they can learn from it, like, oh, you know, it's I, that to me is much more an empathetic way of, of talking sure. about sex sure. and money is like we've all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I'm certainly not an expert. I'm, I think I'm a pretty good interviewer, but I don't. I'm not a, a certified financial planner. I can't give and wouldn't give mm-hmm. any financial yeah. advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so sex and money. That that is interesting. That those two things are you. You need them to continue living. Yeah, you know? and I mean, we both like come from the world of recovery and like twelve step stuff, and we talk a lot about sex and money on here and like just recently relatively recently I started going to another 12-step program that's specifically for like debt and finances and um it's the first place I've ever been to where people are speaking frankly Mm -hmm. about what they're experiencing what they're struggling with what like the actual concrete numbers of debt or income and gain like concrete information but also like all the feelings that come up with that stuff and it really is like liberating to be around and it feels shocking to hear like are you allowed to talk about shocking are we allowed to say that like people saying like oh i have like you know a hundred thousand dollars in debt that i'm dealing with but like i feel free because i'm dealing with it and i'm like not shying away from the people that are like asking me for it and i have support from other people and i mean I feel like the more it, it's, it feels like a really shameful recovery program in Absolutely. a lot of ways because people are just like, oh my god, like you're you're in this program talking about debt. Like, what happened? What did you do? Yeah, like, you I, know? I, I remember last summer. Uh, I guess we'll get into this a little bit later, but I was dating a woman uh, that I mentioned oh, to yeah, her okay, that yeah. we were, my wife and I go to this program for people in debt, and it's really helpful. And I was like sharing it in this excited <laughs> yeah, way, like it's yeah. so empowering. And she told me later, she was like, you know, I, I, it really concerns me that your wife, you and your wife are in so much debt. Like she like <laughs> shamed me for it. And I remember thinking like, no, that, that, hey, asshole, like that's the yeah. opposite of why I said anything. But it, it's the first time in all my years of doing 12 step recovery that I finally understood why people should sometimes rena- remain anonymous that sometimes <laughs> yeah, 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 people, yeah. Totally. people don't get it like people won't like if you tell somebody you're an alcoholic they might not get it I mean now people are pretty savvy to it yeah but this woman could not have empathy but like it's the, any compassion and it's like the same thing of like we have an idea like a lot of times with alcoholism and stuff it's like oh it's an old man under a bridge drinking sure. out of a brown paper bag and I think it's like we own this apartment, but we also have a lot of debt. And so like trying to explain that to people, they're like, wait, 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 you don't fit into this category oh of like, God. whoa. And it's like so many people, like a majority of people in our country have some, some form of debt and don't understand money. I mean, yeah. I know that I'm in like a, um, you know, I'm a funny person who also reads a lot of like, 
reads the Wall Street Journal and reads Bloomberg. Like I'm a very, like, I know I'm in kind of a weird place, but like to me that is, there was just an amazing article on the Wall Street Journal just about how, um, how more middle-class families um, who are making, you know, over a hundred grand a year, you yeah. know, together are just slipping and slipping and slipping into mm-hmm. deeper yeah. kinds of debt. And it's not like, I, I don't shame anyone for anyone, any kind of debt. Yeah. That's how I feel. But, but it was, it was like student loans plus, you know, Plus having to, if you live in New York, you don't need a car. You don't need two cars. In most places you need two cars. Two people have to get to work to the auto. There's so much rising auto debt that hadn't even mm-hmm, occurred to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just people are just, just the cost of living to just exist, you know, and people are so shaming when it comes to, I have a, this, I have a lot of thoughts about this. There's a lot of, um, there's certain kinds of financial evangelists. They just, they, they treat it. It's like, like, like a cold Turkey. Yep. Right. They're yep. like, and they shame you like, like just cut it out, just yep. cut it yeah. out. What's the problem? You know, you don't have discipline, yep. cut it out. And that makes it really, so if you slip, like, and what is a slip? Does, does a slip mm-hmm. mean that like your stove broke and you had to order takeout? Like, what does yeah. it mean? Like yeah. your car broke, you know, everyone has, that's why people fall back into their old spending habits. You know, in terms of 12 step programs, you know, I, I briefly went to, um, to Overeaters Anonymous mm-hmm. and now I'm on Weight Watchers and I treat that very much it, mm-hmm. I've taken a very 12-step approach to it, mm-hmm. which is why I'm actually having some success with it for the first time. I've heard that about Weight Watchers. It has it's, a very similar yes. thing. Yes, and, and I, so I have a very, you know, I model a lot of how I'm trying to live my life around my, like my, my sober friends are my, my mm-hmm. big inspiration. So I, so, and I think having, you know, have not having shame and every, and also when I had spent podcasts, sorry, I'm jumping around. A lot Please. of people um, would message me like secretly and confess mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of their, a lot yeah. of their stuff to yeah. me. And it was such an honor. And I was, I would get so choked up and, yeah. and one comedian who I, I will not say who got in touch with me and, and, um, and I ended up referring her to a friend of mine who's a tax attorney. Mm-hmm. And I think he, and I just said, like, she confessed this thing to me. And I said, that's okay. Like, you yeah. know, let, let's yeah. deal with it. You said it. Like, let's, let's, I know a great guy who I refer lots of people to. He will put you on a plan and you will deal with it. And in a few years, it'll be done. Yeah. And you won't be so sick about it. You might get an email like that from me. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm happy. To, he's great. He's great. And then this comedian also followed up with me three years later and told me that it was it was dealt with. So, and the thing is, I think everyone needs someone because there's no. I don't. I don't need to know why. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a reason, there's there's no there's a million reasons why we don't don't have the money to pay things like whatever. It's just none of my business. You yeah, know, like yeah. you didn't pay your state taxes. Like I don't know. It's really you weren't probably weren't making. You probably didn't save enough money for it. You yeah. were freelance, or like, you just didn't. Yeah, like you just didn't you forgot, understand you it in the right way. Yeah. The point is that you you want to fix it. I don't really. I think there's too much about you know the story of why it happened. Right. It's like well, let's have the shame. You know, you have to have the buy in. You, know, like, like, yeah. you have to shame yourself first yep. before you can yeah. have the relief. And to me, it's like no. Like why you're, you're here, you, you've, you, we've all fucked up and we all need help and we need non-judgmental help. Yes. Um, and I feel that way about everything. I feel yeah. that way yeah. about non-judgmental help is like, I think empathy is, is the key to, it's my anti-aging treatment is just is yeah. empathy. <laughs> no, yeah. it's true. It's the only way to help people, to get people through hard times is to, yeah. is to refer people to loving communities that operate without judgment. Well, Absolutely. That's great. That's such a good like thesis statement for what I think we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, with this, this is what I'm hoping. Sex and podcast. money, they're intertwined. Well, this yeah. is what I, so, so the book I'm writing um, is a lot about that. So I wrote a book um, that's coming out in January. Um, it's the first time I'm talking about it, which is really exciting. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I mean, know. we are very on the cutting edge. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's almost done being revised. I have one more thing to write. Um, it's called uh, Bow 
down uh, yes. lessons from dominatrixes on how to get what you want. Yes. Nice. Which has very much to do with money. Yes. Yeah. It has to do, it, the book it has a financial aspect to it, but it's mostly like how to get what you want in and out of the bedroom. Mm. Yeah. But so and it's using the tenets of, of BDSM, like consent, negotiation, um, respect, boundaries, safe words, just how to use that to approach your life. Yeah. You know, how to, and, and it isn't, it's for women, but I think anyone can get lessons yeah. from these. And it also has to do with empathy, how to be, which can make you a better lover with your, make, you know, you have to be able to communicate with each other. You can't just ask for what you want. You also have to listen to what the other person wants, you know, and yep. how, about power dynamics, how you have to, just telling someone what to do something is not a power dynamic. It has to be given and received. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, and the women I talked to for the book were just, I have no words to describe how incredible they were, how thoughtful they were, how they blew my mind with all of their empathy gymnastics uh, yeah. wow. and the way that they, they looked at things. And it, it changed me for the better. I, I, a lot of the things I've been doing to, to improve myself this year have been taken from the, mm-hmm. the tenets of, of the book. So the book was really like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't think they realize how much they, they did, but um, they blew my mind. They were, yeah. they were incredible. So one more time, bow down lessons from, from dominatrixes, dominatrixes on how to get what you want. I'm so glad dominate the plural of dominatrixes is dominatrixes because I've been saying it so often and I'm like, I don't even know if that's grammatical. It's also, <laughs> it's also dominatrices. dominatrices. It can be both. I had to make a, we were agonizing over it because I'm afraid of people yelling at me. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> On the cover it says dominatrixes, but in the book we say can also be gotcha. okay. dominatrixes. Okay. Uh, and BDSM, that's bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, we dabble. Yeah, we dabble. And, and so when... <laughs> it's great. Life is short. Have fun. You yeah. know, I mean, So God. when I saw your Instagram from DomCon, yes. I was like, whoa, Lindsay's like <laughs> t- exactly where I want to be right now. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's all go out. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah, I was just like, whoa, I have to... I'm so curious what she's up to. And then I, I assumed it was for a project, yeah. um, but I... I, when you mentioned the book, I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. She's writing a book, which is your your first, you said, right? Yes, this is the first uh, book. How did this happen? Like, what did it start as an article that became a book? Like, what? Okay, so, so this, this is the story. Um, I've always been very interested in any kind of kinky thing. I've mm-hmm. always been interested in any... My, I've always been interested in kink. Interest, I've always been interested in interesting people, you know, yeah. Yeah. and um, and I've always been interested in people who have like two two lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like day person, night person, you know. And I've always just, I, I've throughout my life, I've met women who secretly worked as sex workers mm-hmm. you know, during by day and by night because you can. That's how a lot of you know. That's how people pay off their student debt, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not sure. So the, the story of how I ended up, I, I ended up at. A, at <laughs> At an event, at a, um, a CFNM event. We've talked oh. about... Yes. Oh, my he favorite. loves CFNM. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> I ended up there um, very randomly. Um, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I went there alone. Um, and I, I went because it was something that seemed very... I didn't know what I was expecting. I, I, I knew I wanted to, to explore certain... App, per, parts of myself, yeah. but it seemed very low risk in that like it was like yeah. clothed women, the, the men, yeah. whatever. So it seemed, and the location, which no longer exists, um, was very female friendly. Um, so I went in, you know, I went in, I like had some seltzer and I just like, you know, was hiding on the couch and I, and I just had this very, and it ended up being one of the most interesting nights of my entire life. And it yeah. really, suddenly I felt like I had opened up like a whole other wing to my brain. That's so cool. Yeah. I was like, huh. I wonder if it's the same place I went and we don't have to get into the details if you, if you know, whatever. But I, I remember the the one I went to, I said to one of the, the doms, I said, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a comedian 
and I'm also sober and I've lived in this city for 16 years. I'm so nervous. I'm going to see somebody I know. And she was like, 10 years of doing this, never seen that happen. Not going to happen. Uh, so if it, it, it would have been hilarious. If it oh, was I would be so excited. If, if, we saw, if we saw each other there. All I wanted uh, was a friend. <laughs> But that night, I did see somebody I knew oh, that's from amazing. the sober world, and it was just hysterical. It was just like, oh my god, that's of course, amazing. My life, this is what's going on. That's incredible. I would have been uh, so happy to to see a friend. I was. I, I maybe found, the next one. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll, yeah, we'll have to go as a group. Peggy, are you in? <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So I, I went to this event and it, and it was, I went, I was kind of a one-off thing and mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and, and, but it got my, my wheels turning. I, I, and I was thinking about ideas to pitch for a book and I had some personal finance ideas, but suddenly I just, I was just in a place in my life where I was just thinking about what I wanted my life to look like, what I wanted my marriage to look like. And, you know, and I just, I had the space to think, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah. I remember when you took that leap of leaving the paper, cause I remember talking to you about how you and your husband were going to have to both be working from home essentially. Yeah. We had, we, we definitely, I went back to work full time, but yeah, we both been, Oh yeah. That's what yeah, I, was, we, I remember. There was he, some juggling. Yeah. Some there's kind. been some, he and I are doing great. We had, we, we hit a little bit, I don't want to get too personal about him, but we, we, we hit a little bit of like a rough patch last yeah. year and we, we needed to kind of take take some time to do some thinking as all marriages need. Yeah. All we, marriages we, need to do. We've been there, done that. Yeah. We share it on here all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, no one talks about that kind of thing, you know, but um, but I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do some some thinking about about some things. And so I ended up at this event very, very randomly. But it, it, it got me thinking. So when I was, I was pitching all these personal finance ideas for this book um, and none of them were getting me excited. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just... It wasn't passionate viral content. It wasn't. <laughs> it's, it was so wasn't. There's so many wonderful women out there who are writing great personal finance books. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see what I could have really added to it other yeah. than... Anyway, so um, so I just then suddenly I just said, you know, I just pitched this idea. I said, well, how about you know, I'm talking to dominatrix doesn't how to get what you want, you know, in, yeah. in the boardroom, in the bedroom, whatever. And I just the it and it, it got picked up. The idea was sold, and then I had to actually go write this book. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I actually had to go talk to to people, um, which was very exciting. Um, and, and, you know, and nerve wracking for sure. sure. You yeah. know, I was re I really really wanted to be respectful. I didn't want to I. I I didn't want to just like be a tourist. Like, like what is this freaky thing you do? Yeah, like, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't feel that way at all. And I just, I didn't want it to be, it didn't have to be like a how to, like a how to, like how right, to use right. these various implements, you know, like there's yeah. books for that. Um, yeah. But I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to approach it with a lot of love and respect. And, and I, and I, I believe that, I hope the people that I interviewed yeah. felt that for me. I'm sure they did. You're, you're such a genuine person. Thanks. And, uh, and as a professional <laughs> journalist, uh, like I remember I was a documentary filmmaker for a long time and my favorite phase of production was the reporting part, yeah, you know, just interviewing people and meeting people and learning about them and yeah. having the construct of the relationship being like, I get to ask you anything and everything. Uh, and it forms like a really cool, like you kind of become a channel for that person. Absolutely. So, uh, that's so cool that you were able to meet. So they many were people. amazing. And, um, there were so many women I met that just, I just, so I went to, so I can go on for an hour. So I went to, um, so this one dominatrix who was incredibly generous with me, um, who I, she and I have never met, but we've been in touch a lot. Mm -hmm. Her name is Simone Justice. Mm -hmm. She's like royalty in global dominatrix 
world. She's yeah. fantastic. And she was very generous and she got me um, a press pass. She helped me get a press pass to go to DomCon, which is this twice yearly uh, convention for dominatrixes, but also for kink lovers. So the first yeah. two days are for dominatrixes only. And they have oh, these cool. in, in just, um, and professional dominatrixes mm-hmm. m- mostly only. And then um, after that, it becomes open to the public and then it becomes like a free for all. But I got to sit in on some of the industry workshops and they were, they were unbelievable. They were so interesting. And just being in a room with so many incredible solution oriented alpha women was incredibly was so, awesome. was so it was well, it was very hot yeah. <laughs> and b it was it was incredibly inspiring and just the way that they talked about that empathy and how progressive they are and just the concern over how the various um, laws are affecting mm-hmm. uh, how they can advertise, how they can market themselves. And yeah, it, it was, it was just, a, just, I just was so honored to be there. I'm like, I'm just happy to be yeah. here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in a big way. Cause there's been an, like this year, Backpage got shut down and Craigslist got shut down. It's and Tumblr, or, or In the too, last couple yeah. of years, yeah. Tumblr. It's, it's all under these. I don't I don't want to mess this up. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there, but it's the FOSTA-SESTA laws are mm-hmm. the ones that are the anti-human uh, trafficking laws. And mm-hmm. they did, in, in an effort to, you know, everyone agrees that hu- human trafficking is terrible. <laughs> yes. We all agree. Um, but they're making it more and more difficult for, for people to, who are sex workers voluntarily, and this mm-hmm. is what they do, right. you know, to find and vet clients in a safe way. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of what they were talking about at DomCon was where they're able to advertise mm-hmm. and, yeah. and how they're able to, you know, and put out what they do. And also knowing that in certain states it is illegal to do what they do. And mm-hmm. just, it's very, it's all very interesting. And you know, I met I met some of the most incredible women. I met this woman, uh, Goddess Samantha, who I is a big part of her in the book. She is a dominatrix who's also um, she does kind of WWF style uh-huh. WWE style. Um, like announcing, oh. yeah. no, she's like she looks like a glow uh-huh. woman. She does, she does all the she does classic dom, domination, but she also she she will like lift you up over her head. And she'll like to throw you down on the bed. She <laughs> I will give arm. that a try. Yeah. She will, she's, she, she's one of the most amazing people. She looks yeah. like Superwoman. Yeah. And she, she was wearing like loose side heels and a Superwoman bikini. And oh she was gosh. just, she's just, she's like, it's, she's like a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all watching her give this demo with, she had brought one of her, um, one of her um, subs with her mm-hmm. and he was so happy to be getting like, you know, getting pummeled, you know, by his goddess in front of all these women who were taking notes, you know, because yeah, yeah. they're, they're all so studious and taking notes, you know, and it was just so fat. It was were just wonderful. Any, were there any sessions about price setting and uh, like no. kind of like, cause you know, like when you're as a freelancer, when you learn like, like for me, if I hear some camera operator is charging some certain amount or even as a comic now, hearing what people some people get for certain gigs versus what I would ask for for that gig. Sometimes it helps clear the air to hear just somebody say a number, yeah, you know, because yeah. people don't like to talk about that stuff. So I, I would be curious to hear that in a sex work uh, context. Uh, yeah, they but. didn't talk about that too much. I feel like a lot of the women that were there um, they, they seem to have, I don't know. I, I think it depends where you live. I think mm-hmm. it depends on your reputation. The market. The, yeah, the yeah. market depends. Um, I know that if you work in, in a dungeon, you get steadier work, but you have to give more of it back to right, the house, right. of course. Um, but then if you're, so it's just, it's just like being any other freelancer, right, you know, right. you have to spend money on marketing, you have to spend money on all these yeah. things. You have to spend money on your website, on your upkeep, on your SEO. Um, I know. So I think that no one's ever said, a, I, I think they yeah. know what the median price is. I, yeah. would, I, I wouldn't want to say, I mean, it's got to, you know, if you're just doing it on your own and you're also assuming risk, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's probably got to be around $300 an hour. Yeah, I would yeah. assume. Um, yeah. Check my accuracy on this. I'm working on a story slash bit about all this stuff. Uh, 
I've been to, uh, a f- uh, I th- think, three different sex clubs slash dungeons at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, none of them are in the basement. Like, a dungeon... <laughs> right. Shouldn't a dungeon be in the basement? No, maybe uh, in the old days they were, and back in, yeah. in, in the early 90s and, and yeah. 80s, maybe they were more in... Yeah. Well, it's New York. I mean, the, but how I'm many sure basements are there? I'm sure there's some in the basement. Some at least, at least like a garden, garden level dungeon. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm more interested in the minutia of these yeah. things. Well, as I'm hearing you speak, I'm like, enough. Um, <laughs> I can only, I mean, like, I'm, I like feel myself just getting excited and like, I'm like, oh my God, I want to, I want to go to a space like that where there's all these women that like alpha women that are women helping other women. Yes. Right. Like that's like so inspirational and amazing i can only imagine one thing i i I talk about a lot is that um, i always felt like a kind of like a bad feminist uh for not wanting to be a part feeling uncomfortable in like lean-in circles like Mm -hmm. if you work you know like like consciousness raising in the workplace you know and i i just never felt like i fit in i i I, because i just wanted to it's like well enough complaining i'm also from a little older generation than some of the women who are in their early mm-hmm. 30s like i've been like we've all been sexually harassed so it's to me it's yeah. like what are we gonna it's like i don't want to complain about it. like i don't have the energy yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so you i always felt bad about it but i found that um I found that the way that these women were talking about, um, they had a, a session on, on on mental health, like how everyone can share resources and, you know, to get various, you know, everyone was coming from a different state. And I just found the fact that they just said, like, let's just all, like, ex- admit that, let's just, let's just all come to the table knowing that we all need some sort of help. And we're just like, what can mm-hmm. we do? It was very, mm-hmm. I found the solution orientedness versus mm-hmm. just the venting and complaining aspect of it. Yeah. I found that to be incredibly exhilarating. And, yeah. and I found that, and it was very lovely to be in a place where there were the only men that were there were not allowed to speak. We're yeah. 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 And they were um, sitting on the floor and they were, <laughs> so a lot got accomplished, I think. Um, and it was interesting. I mean, uh, you know, like, I was so that's some, why we need Elizabeth Warren to <laughs> dom this country. <laughs> Some of, my, some of my best friends are men, but, um, <laughs> well, I was going to say, you actually strike me as somebody who tends to have more male friendships. I, th- I think that- I'm ha- I think, um, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm saying more women these days. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. I, I'm still friends with my friends from high school who happen to be men, but, um, but it was just very interesting. As the, so, when the session, when Dom kind of opened up to other people and there were more pe- different people in what sessions. What city was this? It was in LA. Okay. There's another one coming, um, which I'm going to try to get to um, in New Orleans in October. Oh, yeah. New Orleans is like a great sex workplace, isn't it? I think even Louisiana is not a great state for sex workers, but I guess New Orleans. It's all it's about like, the city. It's all yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about who they is running have the city. Great dungeons, like from the 1600s. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's very witchy. Yeah, and, you know. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, but then there, it was funny. So then there were some dumb men were showing up and I, and just hearing them interrupt and talk mm. was just so shocking after I'm three days. Right now. <laughs> after three days. And so this woman like, is, shut the fuck up, daddy. Well, this, <laughs> this woman is wonderful dominatrix. Um, her name is Tara Indiana. Um, she's very, it's a great name. A great name. She was giving this incredible, like packed out, um, talk keynote keynote type, type thing but the room I love was a packed. kink keynote a kinky like, a, keynote. like a, a keynote that involves a clicker like a powerpoint exactly. and a clicker <laughs> but it's just the most depraved stuff on the screen that's great that that is would be sadism just like a very boring <laughs> yes yes very boring google oh, slides those poor guys with that kink that just yeah. want to whack off the boring powerpoint <laughs> presentations yes to various star wipes and various yeah, like yeah. Are you sure that's not something that you're into? That might be me, yeah. I don't you know, know. <laughs> it's the safe space. Yeah. It, 
But um, so the, she was giving all these amazing points about safe words and all these things. And this guy next to me kept saying, that's true. You know, oh, God. that's true. I guess that's true. And like, I'm like, well, like you don't got, have to vocalize like, that. Who yeah. cares? Like, it, like, got, it made me so up. angry. And I was, I, I was like, Lindsay, like, don't make a scene. You're a guest here, you know? But I, it was just very shocking to, to experience it after three days of just intense listening and, right. respe- and respectful and just respect to have just this doofus in a leather vest, just like, Ugh. just sit back and be like, I, I accept that. I guess that's true. It's like she's yeah. having a one-on-one conversation with you, you yeah. fuck. And it was, <laughs> it was just really, I, I was very, anyway. But I, um, I was in a meeting environment last weekend and uh, a person was sharing and it was like a, one of the ones with like a hundred people there. And there's like a person who has to run around with a wireless mic for whoever's going to share next. And this woman was sharing a pretty intense share and the guy whose job it is to deliver the mic was like airboxing against a pillar like what? in the church space like he was doing that he was kind of pacing back and forth at one point he put his arm up on the pillar to like lean and wait for her to finish and all this while he was interrupting my sight line with the person who was speaking and along with probably 40 or 50 other people could not see her speak because he was physically taking up that space. Mm. And it was one of the first visceral times that I was like, oh yeah, that guy is just like purposely taking up physical space and emotional space and is being totally interruptive and like uh, trying to like get attention or something. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? It's really weird. And he repeatedly did it throughout the meeting in different (laughs) ways. And I'm just like, that guy it's ego. is not getting yeah. enough love or attention or something, and he just needs to interject himself. It's it's and and once you start thinking, you know, I started. So it's, my husband did not come with me to DomCon itself, <laughs> but he came. He hung out with me in the hotel, um, and he said, and so is a Hilton in LA, you know, kind of a businessy Hilton. Yeah, and there were just all these incredibly beautiful women, in you know, wearing you know, like everyone was dressed. You they're, know, they're geared up. They were geared up. And my husband said that there he just to the experience of, of him like getting into an elevator with them and having they didn't move out of the way for him. Oh, they didn't look they didn't look at him in any way and they just talked over him and he said it was he said it was one it, he couldn't get over what it, and how crazy he'd never felt that that yeah. experience to be like made it, he had to move to adjust for them. Yeah. Like he had to Welcome. I know. <laughs> I think he was kind I mean, yeah. also the women were so. I mean, it's also like I'm, I'm every young man who was who was at that hotel with their parents who saw these women oh, who, yeah. are, are going to be changed for yes, life. Yes, yes. I mean, they were. That's great. I mean, I'm changed for life. Yeah. Um, I met this one woman um, who I I would love to keep working with her. Um, she has a um, a story. Oh, the Baroness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I got, I interviewed her for a while, and that was she's a well known uh, latex, latex designer, designer. Oh, yeah, yeah. in the city, like the most famous. Uh, she, I sat down with her for. I, I thought she was going to give me like half an hour, and she sat down with me for two hours. Oh I just like God. I just put down the recorder, and she just she blew my mind. And uh, so she is an incredibly, I mean, this with all respect, just incredibly creative, eccentric, like yeah. An original, you know, yeah. and I've, I'm very attracted to people like that. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. who just she's say like a like, New York City legend. Yes, yeah. people who are like, this is the only way I can be. I can. Be, I, there's no other way I can yeah, exist. This yeah. is just who I am. And I these love are, that. yeah, that's so inspiring. Yeah. So there's so she has been very inspiring to me, and she was the one. Um, so she said to me, when you come 
to, uh, to DomCon. I'm going to be selling a bunch of stuff there. You, I want you to watch everyone as they try stuff on mm. and see how they look when they go oh, into the dressing room, see how they look when they come out and see how much straighter they stand up and how they look at themselves. Yeah. Cool. So she actually, um, so, and she said something that this is in the book. She said, um, that it makes her really crazy when people come into the store and say, like, oh my God, I'm, too, I'm too fat for this. I'm too fat for this. I could never wear that. I could never wear this. I'm too fat for this. And she, she said, like, she's, she, she's like, I don't want to get, take that shit out of my store. I don't want to hear that shit. You know, <laughs> she's like, like oh, she's, yes. she's like, it's for everybody. Like I plus size. So she's like, maybe that's your problem. Don't come into my store and like shit on my crate. You know, it was yeah. just, yeah. I, I, so I, I don't know. I, that, I, that just made me look. But I yeah. secretly was afraid that I was too fat for sure, latex, right? Sure, yeah. So, um, so she shoved some stuff in there with me, and she's and you know, and and I was, I was, I mean, it was a safe environment, but I was like, I'm scared, you know, I'm yeah. too chubby to wear latex. So, uh, so you have to wear. Um, I don't know if you guys have any latex, um, latex, I do. latex. So I'm a wardrobe stylist too, so I pull oh. it for shoots and shit. So I didn't know you had to like put on lubricant to put mm -hmm. that stuff yeah. on. Yeah, people so, think powder. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so she put me. She gave me a latex pencil skirt. Um, and like a waist cincher and, and Ooh, I bet you looked good in that I, I, I gotta say it was life altering <laughs> I gotta say I was like hello and I just and she just like and she pulled me she, she spun me around and she yanked it like really tight like, <laughs> like oh my god like I thought like my spleen was gonna like come up through my esophagus but it looked amazing yeah and I did feel better I mean I mean I mean not I just all of a sudden I felt like taller I just I can't I, I just I all those feelings I was like yeah I, mm -hmm. I think I you're like I'm sexy as fuck I think I need this uh, <laughs> I think I need to you know and she wears latex every day she wears um she's also very has incredible style like personal style when I met her she was wearing this incredible silk uh, black shirt with like these gold skulls on it and this beautiful brocade jacket with great jewelry and a black latex skirt. Gorgeous. So it very much blended into her whole aesthetic. Yeah, like, yeah, there was yeah, nothing, yeah. you know, she's, she's glamorous and the yeah. end glamour yeah, yeah, is yeah. glamour, you mm -hmm. know, and to be in front of it is all I want in life. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to be adjacent to glamour. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> glamour adjacent. Glamour adjacent. one day, <laughs> maybe when I'm 50, I'll be the fully glamorous person I long to be. But, um, but she was very inspirational to me and, um, and meeting all the other latex designers were incredible. And yeah. that was my only complaint with, uh, the stuff that they were selling at DomCon. A lot of it was very, I get it. People want to buy their whips and their floggers sure. and stuff. And there was, there was a lot of that. And I wanted more, and I guess this speaks to my sensibilities. Like I wanted more of the, the fashion and mm -hmm. I wanted totally. more of the, like the, I, I wanted more of the fantasy. Yeah. Did less you see, of the, was there a latex designer tableau vivant there? I, I didn't see her, but you I, should, but check, you should yeah. check her out because I mean, it's very like it's high fashion and the price point is that yeah. also, but I I've pulled her stuff for photo shoots Ooh. and stuff because she does a lot of like pastels and like yeah. really stuff that you wouldn't expect. Meredith has a lot of pastels though. I've and, noticed and, that. Yeah, and she has yeah, a lot yeah. of polka dots and pastels. She I, lo has, like, I love a print in latex. I do. Um, <laughs> one of my, uh, one of my Weight Watchers goals um, is that I would like to wear one of the, uh, the Baroness's dresses next yes. year. That is, so that is, so my goal has nothing to do with my physical form necessarily. It's not yeah. like, yeah. I'm, I don't want, but I, I need to wear this dress. It's an inside job, right? It's an inside, yes. Yeah. I, I need to wear this one dress and I could wear it today if I wanted to, but I want to wear this dress. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to, dominate this room when wearing this dress. Yes. So that's that's part of of keeping me going on my on my health and fitness. I so I mean exciting. a woman like that really is a true inspiration. And she was I mean from what I know about her it's like she was make you know she's had that store forever, yeah. right? And like then maybe within the past 5 to 10 years like latex has become this like fashionable thing that people have in like editorials and stuff. But like celebrities go to her and yeah. like, all, you know, like Lady Gaga had all these things made yeah. by her and stuff. But like she's like 
OG. <laughs> she's been she's been doing it. She's been you know I saw some great pictures of her from all the parties she used to attend. You yeah. know how she used to come in with like she would have a costume for herself, which was nicer than the ones for her slave. She had everything was coordinated. Everything mm-hmm. told oh. a story. Everything she had a very everything, and she's like been a costume designer for films too. She's yeah. a very interesting person. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not a fashion writer, but I would I would interview her for Vogue and, and yeah, Earthy. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she's she's she has this incredible pink hair. Yeah. You know, she's got great glasses. She wears high heels all the time. Mm. You know, she just and she's very imperious. She yeah. is a baroness. Like she, you want to do things for her. You yeah, know, yeah, and I also, yeah. you know, and I watched people who get people to do things for them. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I never, I, I never looked at that. I never, I, I always thought of it as as being bossy or mm-hmm. being mean. I, I had to well, re-examine. that's what we're told, right? I had to re-examine a lot of that stuff and just yeah. seeing how people want to do things for the people that they're, like people want to do things for people that they like and they yeah. want to do things for people they admire. Mm-hmm. You know, like if like, I don't know, I'm who's like, if LeBron was like, hey kid, will you get me a Coke? I'm mm-hmm. like, sure. You know, mm-hmm. even yeah, though yeah. they'd be like, actually, why do I have to be the one to get you a Coke? You know, <laughs> like, you must have, but you just be so excited that you get to do something for this person you admire. I'm just yeah. using him as an example. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. There's there's all kinds of ways to be gracious with power. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of ways to, you know, to not give up your power to people who don't deserve it. This yep. is all the stuff I have been, I have been learning. Well, and yeah, and then, then there's like the whole thing of like uh, the dom-sub relationship. It's like, it's a symbiotic one where you're not just bossing around a person to be cruel to them. It, they're also getting something out of it yeah. by being of service. And uh, often it comes with, uh, sexual gratification or a turn on of on some level, but it is it is like a uh, a special relationship yeah. and dynamic. Um, and I and I just want to say I love what you're describing about what she said to her customer or to observe her customers as they go in and as they come out and uh, when when people when it clicks in for a person that oh yeah I'm like in the right place doing like exploring this thing that I've been interested in and you kind of described that yourself about yourself uh that i mean i haven't had a lot of like kink uh event experiences but we've had a handful now and uh it is um separately and some together yeah and it is like uh uh profound to see people truly being themselves and like you know, Ross is certainly more into the aesthetics of things, and we've <laughs> joked about that. And I've told her about the CFNM parties I've gone to, and like the quality level of them. And uh, it's it's sort of just fine for me. Like I I don't mind that it's like this weird carpeted room with like some like <laughs> yeah. odd odd characters. And but like when you're in the thick of it, it's pretty cool to be surrounded by a room full of people that are totally like locked into this moment yeah. and mm-hmm. this experience that they've been craving in some way. Uh, and maybe they're doing it for the first time or whatever. Like, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just remember observing groups of women becoming friends over this yeah. shared mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. And then me and like some other dudes just being like, God, this is crazy. We're like, all <laughs> here right now. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it's I think sex and kink and uh, and uh, whatever in a kind of communal environment can be like pretty 
mind blowing. Uh, totally. Yeah. Know. I mean, what are, there's, I met, so I spoke to so many amazing people for this book and they all said so many great things about what is kink. And they, one of them was like, you know, it's just, it's just it's play for adults, right? Like you mm-hmm. can, everyone can, can play in the way that they wanted to play and like be who they want to be, you know, but in this, in a space where ideally we can all act as adults and we can all do things with, you know, consenting adults. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's in me a lot of it. There is very much in my mind an overlap between kink and comedy too, mm-hmm. um, because I think I, I first of all a lot of comedians have moonlight in as mm-hmm. doms, you know. Oh. So um, you're so like, the, oh, <laughs> I think I know a couple. Yeah. But. So and I think there's a sense of humor thing yeah. too. I mean, both sure. I think doms are pretty funny. Yeah. The ones I've met, they've all had pretty good sense of humor. Um, I think you do have to have. I mean, I, people with a good sense of humor are just better people, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but I, I felt I feel like that desire to be heard to understand that that felt very. Mm. When, I, when I would talk to people, you know, I, I felt, I didn't feel quite like I did when I was doing stand up, but I felt like I was in a similar, I was in the same room, of, of, in the same house, you know, yeah, yeah. like everyone's here because they have to be here. Yeah. Like they wouldn't, they would, you know, if they didn't have to be there, maybe they wouldn't be there because mm-hmm. like what keeps you going in a week after week, you know, some, you, it's expensive, you know, yeah. um, and a lot of times it's cheaper for women, which is nice, but you know. I remember, so that one event I went to, I was very, I was very shy, and this woman sat down next to me with with her sub, and uh, and he was very cute, he was very young and very cute, and um, and she said like, rub my friend's feet. She just sat down next to me. Mm-hmm. We'd never met, and I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. Like I immediately went into, it and she said, <laughs> you're like, I'm the people pleaser here, and I'm like, oh no, like, you don't have to do that. Like I'm fine, and she turns and she goes, he paid eighty dollars to be here. Do him a favor, yeah, and I was like. Oh, I was like, but it's just to wrap my head around like how I, I couldn't even, I, 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 all the ways I just could, I, the whole thing blew my mind. So then yeah. I, I didn't, then I didn't really want him to do it. Then I, then I just like, should I just let him do it? Then it was a whole, then in the end he gave he rubbed my feet and it wasn't me. I got in there with his knuckles, but, <laughs> was, but, it, but it was very interesting how even in a place where you're supposed to be worshipped I still was like you don't have to do that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I'll just do that myself people can I get you a drink can I get you another second I'm like no 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 and they're like please like let us yeah this is why yeah. you're so that got me thinking a lot too about mm-hmm. saying thank you when someone offers to do something right. you just yeah. say thank you yeah or or deciding like do I really want that thing or not want like yeah. it, it's like super it's the clearest of communication mm-hmm. and uh when yeah. you and you said this earlier like you learn more from the fuck ups and the fails than the successes. Like sometimes you think you want something and then you ask for it and then you get it and you're like, Oh, I didn't want that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just like clarity for yourself. I need to be with people who can like, that's, I mean, to explore fantasies or, you know, you need to be with people who could really hear you when you say, I didn't like that. And that's mm-hmm. why all that, it's, it's really, it's, it's scary to how you need to have someone you can trust on this, these kind of adventures, yeah. you know? So for me, I was there, I, I, I was there alone. I met some mates and friends. And so I, I wasn't there with my, so my, with my husband, like we, he was happy to let me do what I needed to do for the book. Um, yeah. it's not really his, his scene. Um, but if I were to delve into it, um, it would be very hard for me to do it alone. I think, mm-hmm. I think I would need either like a, like a really great female friend, um, who was also on the same kind of journey I was on mm-hmm. or yeah. like a group, or I would need like a, a group of friends, you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but to go in alone, I think whether you're a man or a woman, I think could be really lonely. Yeah. 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 I ended up, uh, so I went to three CFNM parties at this one place and, uh, I, I'm good at parties alone and, and I'm good at like doing the small talk thing yeah. with random people. I think I know where it was and that uh, it, it could be, it's excruciating. I, ended up, well, one, I was like, no, 
thanks. At, at one <laughs> no, of the I parties, yeah. I ended up small talking the security guard for like the whole time. I know. <laughs> like, and and he's a good guy, and uh, I enjoyed the conversation. I think I know exactly who you're talking. I think <laughs> yeah. I know. I, you're I, like I, I know that's a. I think yeah. I know exactly who <laughs> yeah. it was. I do, and um, um yeah, it's uh it's nice to. F- to find a group. I, I don't know. Like I met some people. I, I talked to a lot of men for the book. I didn't quote them. You know, I just kind of like, you know, just talked to them. And a lot of them said they were too afraid to go to parties. So they, yeah. they, they mostly like had friends outside of, you know, but they just had like, they just found it too mortifying. You yeah. know, like the social, not, I don't know if it was a worry, but, 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 but like, just bumping into someone they knew or they just, I think mixing social anxiety sure. with, you know, and I, well, I get it. I it's really not do. like a heavy drinking environment either. So it's like, if that is the way that you take the edge off, yeah. it's like, that's actually kind of not the vibe mm. in yeah. these consent based type places. Yeah. It's, you need a lot of good things to get a party like that working. You need yeah. Like yeah. a lot of things, you know, it's not just like a regular party. You need to have like, like good music. You need to have good people. And a lot of them don't, as yes. it turns out. <laughs> you need really good, really good lighting. You need... Oh, girl. We went to one that was like, I, and I was saying to Patrick, like, I feel like I will always be chasing that party because yeah. it was really good and it was like high, like quality. It was a, it was a torture garden, um, Company XIV combo party. And co- Company XIV is this like beautiful, like burlesque dance yeah. company. And then Torture Garden is like this, you know, kink party. And like them coming together was like the aesthetics were so good. Yeah. And, and it was like, like 80% performance art. It was and a lot of performance party. art. And it was, it was during Pride. So there was like a lot of beautiful queer people there. Yeah. And so it just had this vibe that. For me, like, you know, I work in fashion, like aesthetics turn me on. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing for me. So it was like, it was really giving me the fantasy that yes. I was looking for. Yeah. The music was good. The lighting was good. Like you'd go upstairs, it was super dim. There was all different like kinky things going yeah. on. But then, then, then there was like great music and like performance art yeah. happening downstairs. I was like, yes, this is it, you know? And I think that the fact that the 20% or so, whatever, that was devoted to like play was like not sex. It was like, no, not just, at all. it was like, I think it was just like sort of an impact party, I guess is yeah. what you might call yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, that, that the fact that there was, that's about as far as things were going to go, I think actually removed the thing on people's minds at parties of like, am I going to get laid? Am I going to get the yeah, It was a turn and, on that it was just yeah. know, BDSM and not a sex party, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it was all, you know, I'm, I thought I was unshockable, you know, before I, <laughs> Um, and, and it turns out that I, I, I am, I am very shockable. I don't know. I, I, th- I think that it gave me a lot to think about, about how I thought I was, you know, and one mm-hmm. thing I read about in the book was that, you know, you, you, our sexualities and things we think we're into are often set at the time where we have like our, the first time we have good sex when we're young. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, this must be who I am. This must be what I like. Yeah. And then when you, when you grow up, you know, suddenly you change, we all change. We like different foods. We do different things. We grow and we evolve and we don't accept that we could also be evolving too yeah. sexually. Yeah. So, um, I never thought that I could ever be interested in taking on a more dominant role, you know, mm-hmm. in, in life or I, I never thought of myself as a manager, as like a leader. I always, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I never, as like a, the dominant woman. I just, I, I didn't, I kind of bought into the whole thing. Like, Oh, I'm like, I'm artsy. I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm not submissive. I just, I, I don't compete, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. you know? So just to suddenly feel like that I was interested in that and drawn to it was very weird and scary, yeah. you know, and yeah. to have been like, what do you do with that? You know? Yeah. And so that was sort of what this book was for me. It was like, how can I 
tap into this part of myself. Yeah, do you write from the first person in it? Yes. So cool. there's a little bit of myself in it mostly. So I'm kind of the voice of the, of the, so this book is very much an intro to the intro. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's kinkier books out there for sure. Um, this is more of a, it's going to be in the self-help aisle, I think, cool. versus the, yeah. there's the erotica aisle. Okay. Um, but it's storytelling too, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's divided up into lessons of all, um, of all the things like, you know, like you will speak with authority and it teaches you all these ways it's to like speak It's like the 48 with. laws of power, but Sort with, of, yes. Yeah. Um, sort of like that, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And it, you're, you're our Robert Green. <laughs> this is amazing. I prefer it, you. He's married to this very famous director, right? I'm not sure his whole story. I just, I have, uh, I have the 48 laws right behind Ross somewhere. I think he's married to, to, or he's to, to this female director named Anna Biller, who's one of my oh. favorite directors, oh. who, who I actually got in touch with her to see if she talked to me for the book and she, I, she didn't feel comfortable, which well, is fine. So I was just telling somebody, I did background work on Maisel last week and the, the director and assistant director were these two amazing women who had so much authority in their voices and That's in hot. the way they conducted themselves and... I just remember thinking like, oh yeah, like this is like, like, I don't know, like it didn't even and occur also to me. also it was a very positive energy Oh yeah, the, the, the energy too. was amazing. Like they just, they had such good senses of humor. Um, yeah, I'm so curious with that personality type, uh, like if they had to learn that or if they were just raised in a certain environment where yeah. they're empowered to be that way. Uh, so I guess. Oh, how old were they? Uh... I would say mid forties and then mid fifties. I think that's the best thing about getting older is I think mm. you hit like, that's why all these women are in their prime between the ages of like, you know, like 40 and 50, you know, where you just hit this certain time in your life where you just care so much less and you suddenly realize yeah. you have all this experience. You have every right to, to your opinions are correct because of all the, yeah. you've been doing this for so long and suddenly you're just, you're just much more free and able to just say what you ask for what you want. Yep. And I think that you care less about being a, being like a bitch or a nag or yep. Because you, 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 you just, you, you have to know that you're beyond that. And yeah. I think if, if you're any kind of woman in authority, a woman in power, you have to know that, you, that you're not a bitch if you, for asking what you want. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between being unreasonable and being cruel. Yes. That's, yeah. that's terrible. No one should ever be unreasonable, cruel, or, you know, no. but, but if you're saying like, I need you to do this and I need you to do this, you need to do this. I need this now. Like, thanks. Like that is not. Yeah, not be- apologizing, but thanking. No, because <laughs> yeah. no one respects yeah. an apologizer. Everybody want people like to be told what to do by yeah. someone who is competent and, and will take care of them. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a great manager will be like do this do this do this and then we're all going to get this done at the end of the day mm-hmm. it's going to be good yeah. that makes everyone feel good because mm-hmm. you want to be taken care of by your superior and you want to know that they are enjoy reporting to you that's mm-hmm. how yeah. so that whole ds relationship is makes sense beyond the bedroom yeah. you know like and no one wants to be and if that's when you lose the respect of your employees like mm-hmm. if that's everything goes haywire you know yeah like when so it's to me yeah, that's it. getting older is the greatest. I mean, there's issues. Sometimes you feel like you're not as cute as you used to be, whatever. But like, I'm like so much happier. I care so much less, yeah. you know, and a lot. And I, I recommend it. I recommend it. <laughs> I recommend it. Uh, I recommend aging. Is this book good for, I'm, I, I want to say like uh, recent college graduates, like young women just getting out of college, about to enter the workforce. I think so. What's, I tr- what's the sweet spot, do you think? I think, you know, I initially thought the sweet spot would be um, a lot of my, a lot of my married friends who um, were 
right. This is interesting. I, a lot of my married friends who were kind of moved to the suburbs, you know, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and they're, you know, they're working and they're raising their kids and they're doing everything and they're, uh, but like, they're also really tired of always being so nice and polite and, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, there's this rage kind of within them. And they're just like at this age where they're between 30 and 40 and just be like, you know what? fuck it like fuck mm-hmm. this and just they need like just they, they just need the words to say what they need to say mm-hmm. you know like like they're bored in bed they're bored in their lives they're yeah. they're they're at a certain time in their life and they know they deserve better um life is very unfair you know but how mm-hmm. to just use fine words to say like no like actually like this mm-hmm. this is what i want yeah. and and i'm not wrong for asking for these things so mm-hmm. i try to really spell it out in this very in this very inviting you know for the people sort of way i'm so excited to see you on oprah Oh, for your mouth to God's who's, ears. Who's doing press for you? Because I, oh I, my goodness, th- these conversations are going to be so great I think, for Ryan and Kelly to have with you. I think uh, there's a way. I think the communication stuff that's is, I'm excited to talk about is just about the whole idea of like what sex is. Like people think that yeah. what is successful sex is a successful sex is when both people have an orgasm, yeah. and the idea of like that's mm. like ridiculous. You know, like, yeah, like result what, based. Result based. That both people has to has to be transactional. Like I come, you come. It's success. And no, right. and then like why am I so unhappy? It's like I must be ungrateful. Like, you Capitalism know. and patriarchy, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, but like, how, you, how two people can both have an orgasm and then they can both like fall asleep and being like, Ugh. and yeah. then they feel ungrateful. Like, what's wrong with me? I should be so happy. And then you just sort of fall into this like misery of like. And of, we're not talking about any of it. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. like, why should I complain? Like, who am I to complain? Some couples don't have orgasms at all. You know, like it can go right, to this very. Right, right, right. So people can't even. If you, a woman were to complain about being able to have an orgasm but being unhappy, people would be like, "What are you even talking about?" Yeah. Sure. If she can even bring that up at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because the answer is that there's a million other things that could be missing. Right. You know, and people are, you know. And Maybe she just knows how to get herself off, but it's like not coming from her partner who she wants so badly. Or, or, just, like, <laughs> or, just, it's, or maybe like it's become a little bit mechanical. You know, yeah. everyone kind of can kind of like, you know, it's like taking out the garbage. Like I come, you come, good night. And, sure. and, it, and it can be like, a, you know, like night, hon. You know? but, yeah. then, but after a while, like it's just not very, you want that passionate thing that, you know, mind body connection mm-hmm. and after yeah. you're with someone for a long time like that, that can kind of fall by the wayside for sure. sure so but then you can get into this mode of like I don't know I, mean, I used to work with women's magazines you know I don't, I don't think we really gave we gave romance advice and we gave sex advice but do we really give like yeah I, I don't, it's all very personal you yeah, know yeah. like so a lot of so we, I talk in the book a lot about how you know if you just worry about you know it could be all about your pleasure for one session of sex we all mm-hmm. and don't feel like the other person like you have to like immediately stop what you're doing and like pleasure the other person like mm-hmm. no like just enjoy it like take it yeah. and yeah. both people should do that if, if, if that's the dynamic you know right. so that everyone can just enjoy giving or just right. enjoy receiving and just feel okay with receiving mm-hmm. right I mean yeah. I found that idea like I was so shocked I'm like oh my God, I couldn't imagine just not being given you know right. yeah. well, what's so then what then the more I thought yeah. about how crazy that was yeah. you know I've so, been experiencing more performance anxiety in my life just recently and it it always comes from the place of like I can't really feel good unless I know I've made her feel good first and uh I get so in my head sometimes around that and it's interesting like talking about how much people evolve like it seems like a new thing and I guess it's probably aging related also uh but yeah it's uh we put there I guess I'm sharing that as a way to say that like we just put so much pressure on ourselves in the bedroom and like we're so many messages we get from society and movies and porn and everything is just like 
if it doesn't look or sound like this, you better yeah. freak out, bro. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you just have yeah. to ask yourself why. Just ask yourself, like, why? Like, why does it freak me out so much? Why can I not get off unless I know my partner mm-hmm. is getting right. off? Like, why? Like, what about that? What am I really afraid of, mm-hmm. you know? And then you start to think. And, and asking yourself why all the time is exhausting. And so mm-hmm. people sure. stop, you know? Yeah. yeah. But... I've been asking myself why about pretty much everything this year and it's it's led to a lot of stuff that's been kind of dark and kind of ugly and things I've sure. been afraid to face, you know, And but it's been good. You have yeah. to face these things because, it, you know, there's a reason why we, we, we have, you know, anxiety in bed or we just don't, where we want to have sex that we, but we're afraid to for some mm-hmm. reason. Like things are, you know, and it can't always be expressed in words at the time, but we just, people need to think on it and have mm-hmm. a partner that can be like, well, you think about it, but just let, just let me know you're still there, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. we're still in touch, you know, because that's what things fall by the wayside is when people just like stop communicating and they just kind of allow themselves to drift apart Yeah. Um, because life can get busy and people can let life get very busy. That's well, to not talk about things. And even, I mean, you know, we've like within the past few episodes have come out as being open and like that we have other partners and stuff and like people know our backstory a bit on here who listen, but like, yeah, that's, we got into that place, even as progressive liberal people that think we talk about everything when it came to our own sex oh, life. Yeah, it's very we were personal. like, we were like, we're just going to mm-hmm. dance around this and occasionally have sex and yeah. like, maybe it'll figure itself out, you know? And then we got into a place where it was like mechanical, like, yeah, we can both come, whatever, but like not, we weren't enjoying ourselves. We were enjoying ourselves in all these other ways in our yeah. life, but not in the bedroom where we both were missing that pleasure and too scared to talk about yeah. it, you know? So you and you want to hurt the other person. And it's very, no. and it's very, and for both people to kind of come to a place and be like, you know, we both really love each other. We're not looking for love with anybody else. No. We're just looking for adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, that's like people's dream. You know, most people can't, don't, don't have that where both people in a relationship can be like, we love each other enough to give each, to give each other different things yeah. and to be able to check in every few months. Like, is this still good? Is this still good? Most couples can't do that, you know? And I know that, you know, everyone talks about the polyamorous lifestyle and I think that's rad. I, I just, I'm just so impressed with people that can talk about it so successfully. I worry about all the jealousy and the hurt mm. feelings, you know, <laughs> I don't have, it's not me, you know, but, um, but I think that's the most important thing is to know that, you know, your, your love is, is it's very romantic to be able to know that you love someone so much that, that you're willing to, you know, you, you want them both to be happy and then to come back together at the end is like the most romantic thing yeah. I've ever heard, you know? I'm working on a bit about how um, this polyamorous lifestyle is uh, <clears throat> slowly turning me into a... <clears throat> Uh, far right conservative. Uh, oh, well, I do, like, I do, see, like I do I wanna, see that. I do I see want, that too. I do I see want, that too. Actually, I want total control over her body and how she uses it. And uh, but you don't have it. Uh, so so, like, so we, it is- we do need to build this wall around <laughs> around her. That's the bit, everybody. Yeah. He doesn't actually feel like that. It's uh, very hard. I don't know how I would feel. You know, my husband and I are not in an open marriage. Um, you know, we we talk a lot about things and we're very open with each other and. But we, we do not have an open marriage, you know, um, and they would be, I don't know. You have to really talk about no, that. There's there's challenges and we, we it's like constant communication. And it's it not feels, for everyone. And we're not yeah. we're not out here being like, oh, you're not Polly, like yeah. you're not living. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I but mean, just the fact that it's more like. We just hope that people can glean Everyone, something from it that absolutely. it's like more communication. Everyone and just, has to talk. Everyone has to talk yeah. about. Everyone, no one can. No one should be ashamed about your their 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 filthy stuff because the longer you keep it inside you, the more filthy it becomes. Exactly. And the harder it becomes, and then it becomes harder and harder to 
you can't, you eventually have to call an audible. And I mean, I, I truly believe I've fully disassociated from reality by just hiding what I really wanted. And I, I basically became a sneaky husband and was doing stuff without her consent. And, uh, it, it could have gone way deeper and way darker. Uh, if, you know, if, if, yeah, I'm just so glad if things happened. I wasn't happened. such a progressive, <laughs> radical woman. I'm so glad things <laughs> panned out the way they did. Well, no one talks uh, about their relationships and how and all the things they need to do to, to buttress them. Only it's like I think about yeah. it's a lot like Facebook, how people only show the picture yeah, of their children. Yeah. First day of camp, first day of school, yeah. everyone's having the best time. No one ever shows their kids crying, throwing up, yeah. hitting each yeah. other. They don't running show running around naked running around with naked. Like, yeah. stuck in the uh, air. Yeah, <laughs> or like the principal would be like, You have to pick up your kid. Your kid is <laughs> yeah. your kids you know, your kid just a kid just bits of you know like yeah. they only show the good stuff people yeah. don't show on facebook and they don't show like how difficult relationships are yeah. and what people really go through and people tell me a lot of things because i have a lot of empathy and i don't have children and a lot of my friends they, they everyone keeps their marriage going with they go to counseling they keep things working yeah. people people slip up they mm-hmm. confess they do this there's no no but pe- marriage keeps going because of a commitment to each other it, it's and, and and communication there's no yeah. no one i don't know one couple that has smooth sailing, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's not black and white. No, and and it's and ideally, you know, it, the important thing is is not to slip up in a way to to use that as an excuse to drive your partner away. Mm. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like I, I just wanted to blow it all up. It's like, yeah. well, how about you just be like be a human being yeah. and just end it yeah. instead of just yeah. blowing it up. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. like where I. But I don't judge anybody. I, I I'm a very complicated Does person. Does the book touch on that, like <clears throat> loyalty and um, uh, I don't know, like how to like communicate like basic communication stuff with your partner yeah it Uh, does it does I definitely talk to a lot of the doms about that yeah I mean I think it's you know if 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 you were to say to your 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 partner you know I want something things to change in bed you know you also um it's brave of you to ask but -hmm. you also have to you also have to you should and, and you should figure out by you know your partner's reaction can kind of if, if your partner doesn't even want to talk to you about it, then it could be a little bit of a metaphor for how the communication in the relationship yeah. has been going. You know, if you can, for sure. um, and if you're too afraid to bring it up at all, really, really, what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. um, also if you were to say like, hey, I really want to, you know, say a woman were to say like, I really want to um, open the marriage, and um, and your the their the partner husband says, well, I don't I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's like, well, how can you? That doesn't mean the conversation's over. It just no. means like, how can you? there's different ways to, to talk about it. And, and instead of saying like, well, how come but I'm never this and you're never that, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you never do this or you're, I feel so limited to say, well, what can, by saying what you need and, and how it would be hot for you and how you could bring the other person in. Cause you're not just saying, I want to bang other dudes, you know, while no. you're, while you're, you know, home, you know, fixing the lawnmower. <laughs> Cause, other, cause then you want a divorce. You don't really, you want, then you just want the security of a marriage, but you really want to mm. do your own thing. And yeah. then you have to face that, that, you know, but if you want to have a sexual relationship with your husband, but have adventures together, then you guys might have to meet in the middle and there might have to be compromise and you might mm-hmm. not get what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you, mm-hmm. we can't always get what we want, but you have to talk to your partner really respectfully and listen to them um it's not just enough to ask for what you want you have to listen to what your partner wants right. and you have to be just you have to get be as empathetic as as you want to be received mm-hmm. yeah um so that's really important to me because i i don't think it's enough to just say like why not like come on yeah, yeah. yeah. you know it's not that simplistic no yeah and sometimes people will do something because they love their partner they might not really want to have an open marriage but they're they want their partner does and they don't want to lose them you right. know mm-hmm. so it's all you'll have to be everyone has to be like 
So a lot of these doms are so great because that they kind of they kind of they're not therapists. Um, they do, but they can they can be in conjunction with a, a marriage counselor. They can really totally. do some really great stuff. They're doing therapeutic work. They yeah. are. <laughs> but they do they do a lot of couples counseling, and some of the stuff that they told me that they tell they tell their clients is was really eye opening and really because they're really on the the ground floor of totally. of, of seeing like. Yeah. You know, yeah. How yeah, I feel like sex workers actually see how real humans behave. Like sex workers and Google search histories are the <laughs> two most reliable sources of yes. like what real people think like uh Well, and I think talking to sex workers and doms at all, like they are using a language that in everyday life we're just like not used to. Mm-hmm. So to be in conversation at least like some sex workers I've spoken to it is so liberating to be talking to people that are just very like well I've had this experience and you know this is what works for me and are you comfortable with this are you safe with this and it's like oh my god like I can just like speak plainly Mm -hmm. about sex and my needs and my wants and like it's to me it's like a warm hug, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that a lot of doms can spot a lot of storytelling and bullshit, you know. Yes. And I think that they, you know, people can be very as much as even people want to communicate with each other. They can also be pretty selfish, you know. And yeah. I think that you need to be able to call bullshit on yourself and, and on your partner in some way. But also, yeah, if you do you really want to open marriage or do you, or do you want to just peace out on your marriage right. and then come back when you're done, like, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. And if you want that, it doesn't mean you're like a terrible person. What do you want, honey? (laughs) (laughs) I want you forever. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like, I want to be an old, wrinkly sack of shit with her. Yeah. I don't really want that with anybody else. You know, like, I want long term partnership and and great sex as much as possible with you. But like, I don't I don't. Yeah. You just want to be gay married. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be roommates. Um, no, I mean, I t- I, my husband and I have been, we've been together for so many years. We've been together since I'm 24 years old, you know. And oh, wow. Yeah, we've been together forever. It's going to be our 10 year anniversary is coming up. And congratulations. Thank you. We've been through a lot. We, you know, and, and I, and he's the one I, I always say, congratulations. I'm going to be sitting next to you in the old folks home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. gumming my porridge, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I said to him, you know, I said, if we're not going to have children, we, we don't have to be we don't have to have the same lives as everybody else. Our friends who've yeah. chosen to have children, you know, because we made a conscious choice that I, I wanted to focus on my career and he, he was fine with that. So I said, whatever that freedom looks like, whether it's freedom to travel, to explore other parts of our careers, you know, we just have to be really, up, really talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because like, it's a gift to have this time. It's yeah. a gift, yeah. you know, we've given up something by not having children. Um, however, like, let's take advantage of that space and time. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, and so when we, so that's something that we talk about a lot. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, like if you want to go and travel with your friends for a few weeks, like do it, you yeah. know, like yeah. I'm not jealous. I'm not mad. It's like, yeah. this is why we're here. This is, you know, and I think that's, those conversations sound very easy to have, but they're, they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Couples move at different speeds too. Like I yeah. was in like a high gear when I was doing comedy and, and, and Tim wasn't as interested in coming out as much. It was, I mean, watching someone you love do comedy is like probably the most horrible thing. <laughs> She, she has retired from that game. Uh, yes. yes. I was super into it at the yes. beginning, and then I was like, I I'm a, good. I, <laughs> he, t- my husband, who I adore, has seen some horrible, horrible things yeah. Yeah. that I don't think he'll ever recover from. Yeah. Um, but I was going very much at top speed. I was trying to make up for all this lost time. And, sure. then, and so, and I think that I was in high gear. And, if, and I think now we're in a good place where we can both, you know, we're both, yeah. we're both 
on the same page where things are going great. We're feeling really good. And he's an amazing writer too. He's so you guys know each writer. other's lifestyles and he's a very different uh, writer than me. He's not a creative writer. He's a, he's more of a science economics minded person. Yeah. Oh, I'm more yeah. of a cre- creative person. Yeah. What would his, if he were to interview a sex worker, what would his piece <laughs> be about? It would, it would be about the tensile strength of various chains. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, You're uh, interested in that too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, would, so how is this St. Andrew's Cross constructed? Yeah, he would be like, what is the weight bearing, yeah. the various... Yeah. Uh, That's important too. Various like joints and joists, you yeah, know. Yeah. He'd be like, how much can this, this ceiling hook hold? <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. He's the best. I, he's a, I'm, I've been very lucky. He's, he's, been, a, he's a really good guy. I've only met him a couple times. He's but, a wonderful person and yeah. I'm not just talking about because, you know, it's to, to a lot of people were like, well, it's funny. People can be really like, well, what does your husband say about this book you're writing? It's so funny. And I was like, I roll. well, it's just, I, mean, I guess he's like, well, are you going out to these places alone at night? And, sure. and I was like, well, I'm like, well, I mean, it's not, it's not like that. And you know, you have, if you have, you know, if you can be honest, you know, like, like this is where I'm going. This is what I'm yeah. doing, you know, yeah. you know, and he's like, have fun. Don't be, don't <laughs> have fun. Be careful. You know, yeah. like, I think that's the thing, you know, it's very easy to, to be sneaky and to, to live your own to- life, you totally. know, like I, I, that's much easier than it is to be. That's the easiest thing up. to do is to, is to lead a separate life. Well, you think it's easy. I, I think people think I mean, it's easy. easier. I mean, it feels e- easier moment to moment, moment to moment. But then when it, you've got a secret rotting away, yes, that's the worst thing you can gut, do. That doesn't feel good. No. And then, and that's when, that's when things get harder to put back together. Yeah. So that's yeah. why, yeah. Well, this is so great. I, Thank uh, you. I, I'm so proud of you. Thank I you. I feel like that's like so weird to say when you, you have no stakes in something, but I'm just so excited for you. I think I'm very it's proud so of you cool. too. Oh, thank well, I think I'm very proud of people. That's like, I'm very Aunt Lindsay-ish, you know? <laughs> I'm so Lindsay. I just yeah. like, I just like messaged this comedian who I haven't seen in like forever. And I just told her I was proud of her. Like, well, if you do, so nice. I, just, I just get very proud and life is so hard, you know? And if yes. you do start doming people, uh, Auntie Lindsay would be a turn on, <laughs> oh, an actual turn on really for funny. lots of subs out there. Yeah, that uh, is, that is definitely true. I, I, I did have a lot of people say like, so when are you going to do this full time? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if it's really for me. I'm just writing the book about it. And yeah. this woman was so funny. She goes, she goes what, so you don't want to get paid? You don't want to get that cash in your hand? And I was like, I do want that cash in my hand. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So I made a joke. I'm like, I prefer to be paid net 90. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm more of a sub. <laughs> you you want to you want to go corporate? Oh um, my god! There's a there's a lot of lessons that to be learned, but I just mo- mostly what's important to me is that these that that the women I interview get a lot of the credit for what they say. I yeah. I, I just listened, and if there's lessons to be gleaned from it, um, they get all the all the credit yeah. in the book. And I assume all of the women you mentioned on here are on Instagram. So if you're curious about any Absolutely. of those people, you can find them. And and you're on Twitter and Instagram. I am. My Instagram right for as of now is mostly pictures of the cat, but uh-huh. um, but <laughs> I, so I'd say um, in, my Twitter is definitely um, is at Lindsay Goldwert. Cool. And, uh, and yeah, and I'll be I'm putting out some new episodes of Spent at the end of the year. Oh, I'm excited. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats on that. Thank too. you. Charlie. I will definitely be tuning into that podcast. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. And also, I cannot wait to read this book. Uh, well, you will all get free signed copies. Oh, oh that would be nice. <laughs> be, and there'll be a big party and you guys are both be invited. Oh, yeah. God, and that'll we'll, be so fun. Yeah, we'll have to like have you back on for a few minutes or something. If there's anything to promote or whatever, of we'll course. find a way to make that work. And what uh, was the name of the book? One more time it's too. called it's, it's going to be available available i think for pre-order and i'll let you guys know i believe in october but it is called bow down colon lessons from dominatrices on how to get what you want yes amazing and it's a great cover it's a beautiful bright red cover with a in the word in the letter o there's a ball gag 
Nice. My mother was like, what's that? <laughs> and then, then she's like, oh, wait, I get it. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. But she's into it. She's into it. Oh, oh that's good. so great. She's really proud of me. She's like, yeah. oh, my daughter. She's crazy. Oh, yes. That's great. All right. Well, congratulations on the book. Thank you Your for having me, book. guys. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Lindsay, it was such a pleasure. I'm so glad we got to meet. And I can't wait to see all the things you're doing. Thank you very all much. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs>